Welcome to Beyond the Tools, the podcast that helps contractors attract more leads, grow their business, and finally get off the tools. In each episode, you'll discover marketing tactics that work. You'll get actionable insights from other successful contractors and connect with experts to help you grow. I'm your host, Crystal Hobbs, owner of a social media agency that helps contractors attract and convert more leads. Get ready to take your business to the next level so you can finally enjoy the fruits of your hard labor. Ready? Let's go. Hey, contractors. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Tools podcast. I'm Crystal Hobbs, and today's interview is really about innovating the way that you train and support your technicians. Our guest today is Trey McWilliams, who is the third generation owner and COO of McWilliams and Son. And fun fact, Trey is actually the brother of Crystal Williams, our guest for episode 24, if you want to check that out. Trey shares how he came up in the trades in his family business and some of the challenges that he saw as they started to grow. If you're at a point in your heating and cooling business where you are sick of callbacks and you feel like you are spending time answering the same questions or having to deal with negative customer experiences, this is absolutely something that will help you in your business. Trey shares all of the details behind his teletech program, the challenges that they were encountering that inspired that program, and how it's been able to help his team members be empowered to find solutions, have a resource that they can ask any question to, and also help to build talent as well as promote some of the techs that are already doing an amazing job and want to get to that next level. So let's dive into it. Trey, welcome to the show. Super excited to have you here. I'm glad and honored to be on the, on the show with you today, Crystal. So I know you come from a family business, three generations in this industry. Can you tell us a little bit about your path through the business and how you came to be the CEO? Yeah, so um, I was very fortunate. I grew up in a in the trades business with a grandfather that retired from the Navy and um, decided to start an air conditioning business. Um, soon after starting it, my dad had graduated from high school and joined the family business. So I grew up, you know, seeing uh, my grandfather, and my dad run calls and and take care of customers my whole entire life. Um, began to uh, come periodically, uh, ride to work with my dad periodically. Uh, probably starting about the age of eight years old. And um, always had the chance to ride with my grandfather. He was in the Navy. He'd done a lot of paperwork, so he never cared to be in the back office. So as long as I can always remember, my grandfather worked in the field. So that was who I got partnered with uh, every summer. And uh, till about the age of 16, when my grandfather decided that he had taught me enough and he was retiring. So I soon took over, you know, uh, running service and helping on the install. So I did that all through high school. I graduated high school and went to work for my dad and started just really working my way up from everything being service technician, install team to, you know, sales to service manager, install manager, financial uh, CFO to where I am today being, you know, 
had bought my dad out in 2018 and has been running McWilliams Sun ever since by myself and the team that I have built. That's incredible. And I imagine in that time, I mean, going from, you know, eight years old, 16 to now, you I'm sure the changes in the industry have been remarkable. Yeah, I still, you know, we still are uh, same great people uh, join the trades and get to deal with customers. But yeah, the dynamics changed and the, and the speed of change is definitely uh, a lot different than it was when, you know, I was growing up in this industry. Yeah, I can imagine. I know that a lot of contractors have really struggled, especially in recent years, more so as well in terms of attracting and retaining employees. So I'm curious what some of the challenges were for you when you were growing McWilliams and Son. So I think, you know, first you kind of step it all the way back to um, what I what type of environment I grew up in as far as the personnel. And, you know, uh, we had very qualified technician, but their home life and who they were as a person, um, you know, didn't always fit the culture that we wanted our business to be. So early on in my career, I learned I learned really quickly that I'm better off training and recruiting people that are great people and teaching on the technical side of the business. Uh, so very early on, uh, that's always been our approach uh, since probably about 2010. Um, and we've had a lot of success at just really finding people that want to be in the trades that are great people, give them the technical skill set that it takes to be successful in this space today. Wow. So I guess what are some of the things that you look for then in a potential employee if you're not looking for that technical skill as much? Yeah. So I think the thing that you want is you are you know you're going to invest in them. So the cultural fit of that person, uh, do they have to have some mechanical aptitude? Yes. But really just the ability to learn that because most kids and most, most men and women that's joining our team today um, they don't change their own oil. They don't change their brakes on their own car. They don't fix anything at their own house. Um, so it's not like we got the older generation where they had all these skill sets and all we had to do is figure out how to apply them to HVAC. Some of them don't have the, the skill sets at all. So, but they got to have the ability to learn it. And um, that's really uh, once we identify they're the right team member and that they're worth investing in, meaning our investment's going to last, uh, then we find the right resources it takes to uh, get those people properly trained. Yeah, that's really interesting, especially because we talk so much about a labor shortage, but a lot of contractors are still looking at a pool of potential employees that is so narrow. So I find it really interesting that you've widened that up by not looking for the same hands-on skill that you would have, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. Amazing. So of course, bringing on people that don't have the technical skill, I'm I'm sure has its own challenges. So how do you go through that process of training someone? So for us, it, it kind of evolved. So the first thing you do is, you know, for us, we were like, hey, we, we want a different culture. And I was in the mindset of like, I will go help anybody that has a positive attitude. You can wake me up in the middle of the night. I will leave what I'm doing to go help you. But if you're a great technician far as mechanically and but you have a horrible attitude you know I just had a hard time you know you just wasn't liked and and I didn't want to go out of my way to help you and and I knew if I felt that way so did all my team members so as we begin to change that the, the biggest thing was hey now we got a bunch of positive people but they need more support 
So that became overwhelming for us. And it was twofold. It was we needed to step up our training game where they didn't have to call us as much. But also I had I needed a support mechanism in place that would support those technicians and not feel like the, and they not feel like they're a burden calling a leadership, you know, or another technician. Um, so though the early on, all that really fell at, you know, really my existing team members of like, hey, you know, we got a new technician, help them out. And everybody was eager to help out, but eventually it just becomes a burden as you add more and more people. So for that, you know, uh, the first thing, you know, was we really evaluated how well were we training them? Like what can we do better to make them more competent in the field? And, you know, which kind of led us to, we wanted to partner with the right academy. So we partnered with some different academies uh, to get our technicians up to speed. And then eventually it made financial sense for us to bring the training por- portion of it in inside. Um, so that was what we did, you know, to really solve that. The initial thing was, hey, teach these technicians better. So they had to call, they call us less. But the, the second thing that I think has probably been the most impactful for our company, uh, not just on new recruits, but isn't as an overall um, improvement was we created what we call the teletech, uh, which is basically a assigned senior technician that has a ton of resources at his fingertips that his sole purpose is to support not just our new technicians, but that's where majority of his time is spent, but also any technician that runs across the technical challenge in the field. Mm. I, of course, want to dig into Teletech, but I am curious, just to back it up a little bit there with something that you said, at what point did it make sense for you to bring that in-house? Or perhaps the better question is, with Teletech and having this one person dedicated to be a resource and a support, how many people are they typically supporting or training? Yeah, so, I mean, for us, so... I guess the short answer to the first question was we start when we were spending about $70,000 in basically tuition, if you want to call it that, uh, that's when we really started evaluating, you know, hey, we're spending $70,000 and we could employ someone for a little bit more than that, but have them for the other eight months out of the year to do something additional with their support. So that for us, it was more of a probably a financial number that made sense for us. So that's when we pulled the trigger and brought, you know, a training staff inside. Awesome. And I imagine because you started at a place where you used other academies that gave you something to build on, like you weren't starting 100% from scratch because... And I think that's what's probably unique about this industry is people are so willing to share their what they do and their successes. So we took things from different academies that we liked. We applied them to our culture, how we do things here, maybe our region. We adapted them to the region that we're that we're in the most, you know, what what we work on here the most. And uh and really too focused on the basics with these technicians, you know, um, and not try to make them a senior technician in, in a year, but have a, a plan that just continues to advance them. Mm. Okay, amazing. So walk us through Teletech, exactly how it works and how you rolled this out. Yeah, so, you know, kind of go back to Teletech, why was it created? Was pain, right? Pain from a standpoint of always on the phone supporting a technician in the field Um, and being tech-minded and growing up in the industry. I also knew how much I hated calling a manager or my dad when I knew he had a million other things going on 
to help me walk me through a problem. So I was more of a burden. And what we were scared of is as we track our callbacks and our customer experiences is, you know, them, a technician not calling us, what does it really cost us in the field of maybe the customer experience or even a new technician just being frustrated uh, that he felt like we threw him out to the wolves and, and didn't give him the proper resources and training it took. So Teletech was really created from that as like, hey, it's a pain point, not just ours, but a technician pain point. And also it's going to be a customer pain point. So the initial thing was, how do we help a technician when he does get stumped on a service call? But how do I prevent that technician from ever getting stumped? You know, so for us, we knew from a scalability standpoint, if we are reactive and that's all we built Teletech to do was just be reactive to problems, it was going to be very tough to scale it. So we immediately realized that was going to be a challenge and we created more of a proactive approach. So for us, if you're going on the call, you're not competent in. There's a five minute pregame video that you're going to watch before you go. Right. And Teletech's job is working with our dispatch team is to identify a underqualified technician going on an overqualified call on a technical standpoint. And that technical, you know, may, let's just use a communicating system that he's not familiar with. Maybe we work on carriers all the time, but this is a Linux. We'd have a five to 10 minute pregame video that our team shot already that says, hey, here's the 10 things that McWilliams wants you to check when you show up. Um, so that was, you know, the proactive approach. We did that through videos. Uh, we did it through, you know, manuals, like just your typical manuals, but we might, we taken the manuals and and really broke them down to what matters from a technician standpoint so that they aren't looking at a huge manual uh, or any other things, other documents that may be needed um, in the field. We have those basically built on a uh, website that we built that hosts all our videos and all our content. And Teletech simply just goes from there and pulls that, attaches it to Service Titan, and has a phone call with that technician um, when he's headed to the call before he makes the final diagnosis to the customer. And then we do a follow-up call at the end with the technician to make sure, hey, he, we had him all the resources he needed and, he, and the customer had a great experience and the technician learned. And as we, we've learned, as we do that, that's actually a better learning tool than putting them back in the classroom because it's real time. Um, so being a proactive approach on the teletech was the first thing is, you know, and, and you know, I kind of, I think simplified that pretty drastic, pretty drastically with, hey, we just do pregame videos. But for us, we just really started recording where's our callbacks at. And, you know, those are the, that's where we started creating our video content from right off the bat. It's like, hey, or where are we installing units improperly and it's causing callbacks. So now we got a, you know, a, a pregame video for that tech to know, hey, when you get there, this is a good chance. This is what we did wrong on the install crew. So we pregame videos and then all that. The second thing we did was, hey, we knew we were going to have to work with a technician in the field. Um, so we use a software that's on everybody's phone that we can basically take over your camera in the field. So all our technicians have a magnetic phone case. So you simply snap it on the side of the condenser with their camera pointing at the control board. We can take over their camera. We take still shots. We draw on it. Um, from here, uh, we also have a like a a camera with like a green screen. We can lay our hands in there and work with our meter with you uh, while you're hands-free. We talk to you through AirPods that we supply you with so we can have your attention. Secondly, so the customers don't hear us talking to you. Uh, so it's more of a private conversation. 
And then we can also overlay any manuals, any, any, any documents over the top of what you're looking at on your camera. So essentially we give it's an extension of a technician, you know, it's eyes and ears and hands in the field and gives great support from there. And then that kind of leads us to, we break down every, every time we got to have a, a interaction with the technician or we have a callback is, is it a competency problem, right? So is it technician just needs more, more training? If so, what is it? What type of training does he need? And particular to that technician. Secondly, we look at, is it a manufacturer problem? Is there a trend here? So, you know, do we have a manufacturer say they don't have a problem, but this is an ongoing issue. We're seeing these exact same things on the exact same unit uh, that's costing us, our company money. And we need proof to be able to take that back to the manufacturer and saying, hey, you know, this is your problem and there's a cost of fixing your problem. Third, is it just a workmanship problem? So do we have a, you know, an issue with people just not caring, just taking shortcuts, not doing it our way? From that, you know, we create basically a uh, callback and a support form that says, you know, Johnny, uh, technician A, uh, here's the type of callbacks he's having and here's the uh, what the solution is. Here's the training solution to that. And then from there, we basically create their training curriculum that helps them. Um, instead of instead of technicians coming in and getting a one size fits all training, if you haven't ever had low voltage callback problems, then we don't need you in low voltage training. We need we'll, we're going to do something else to take you to the next level. Because what we were finding was, you know, we spent ninety percent of our time with the bottom ten percent of our technicians, and we never really got our net our technicians that were fundamentally sound. We never got them to the next level because we were so focused on fixing the bottom 10% that was causing us the biggest headache and callbacks and support. So Teletech again was, you know, created to support the technician at the same time, give us visibility on what technicians were needing help, what our callbacks were, and really the solutions we were putting in place, were they moving the needle and what we needed to do in our business. So from there, you know, we've cut down drastically on callbacks. Uh, we've also been able to cut down on manufacturing issues where we identify problems much sooner uh, so where we can create proactive solutions to that instead of, you know, people calling us at three o'clock on a Friday afternoon with a thermostat that we knew as a company that if we were to look deep enough, we knew that serial number at some point was going to give us problems. Right. Wow. That's incredible. So with Teletech, I know you touched on this, but I'm curious to dig a little bit deeper. How does it work differently for someone who's been with the company for a long time versus someone who's brand new? So first off, uh, we're tracking callbacks. Um, So we're we're watching those. Typically, your senior technicians, a lot of times will get a little more advanced calls. So more than anything, they use Teletech as a resource tool instead of them trying to find the wiring diagram or them trying to look up what that supersedes to that particular mode or what other solutions there could be. Teletech really is the point of contact for them to say, hey, here's what I got. And, and, And we're real clear, like Teletech's job, he's not the smartest person on our team, but he does manage all our resources. So you know, there's going to be times when he has the ability to patch. Maybe he needs to patch me in that phone call or patch a service manager into a phone call with a technician. His job is at the end of the day is to get the customer taken care of in a permanent solution. So whatever resources he needs to tap into, but he has full access to everything we offer as a company. So a lot of our senior techs, 
that's what they're going to use them for is to really speed up their process of not looking for something. And what that does for us, it also allows us to figure out what challenges they're having. And we can attach, you know, if, if there's a wiring diagram missing at Miss Jones's house and we've been having issues there, if we have that technician look it up on his own, it never gets attached to Service Titan. You know, if he's having to deal with it and we know it's gone, well, now it's attached to Service Titan. And hopefully we eliminate a phone call in the future that makes us more efficient as a company. Mm. So with that, how did that change how you structure your team? Like how many techs does the Teletech work with? Yeah. So um, which is one thing we've been working through is we originally thought that a a Teletech could handle 12 technicians. Uh, We're currently around 40 techs that he's managing and still growing, but we've done that because of proactive, you know, the videos, uh, the things that we have that are proactive that hopefully eliminate, you know, a very in-depth call. It's very just high level, like, hey, I checked these three, you know, y'all, the video said check these 10 things. Um, the third one is the problem. I got it fixed. It's up and going. I checked the other seven things, nothing going on with that. All right, great. That's that's all we needed. Instead of before, We'd have went through every one of those 10 things and it, it just is very clumsy and it doesn't work as well as a video does. And the technicians, you get to, you know, attitudes and emotions uh, are hard to translate through a pre-recorded video, right? So it separates because you deal with technicians that are frustrated, right? They, they can't fix it. They feel like maybe, hey, um, you know, I micromanaged if I got to physically or verbally communicate every step by step. So the more proactive we could be, the less that had to take place, the more empowered a technician felt. And they have full access to the same access that Teletech has. So everything's set up on, on, you know, on that website to where they can go get all the in, on their own information they need. Uh, we just request that anytime we're sending a technician on a callback or he's, go, he's not qualified, uh, that we monitor that to eliminate callbacks. Mm, that's incredible. And so how long has Teletech been in your business now? So two years. And uh, basically, we started with a technician that was fundamentally sound, but was also really good at spreadsheets and tracking stuff. And I pulled him out of a truck. He was out of a truck for like six months. And uh, his name's Stephen Jackson. And and then uh, our trainer, Andrew Hall, and me just got in a room. Here's the problem. And here's what I want the end solution to look like. Really don't know how we get there. But here's what I want the installation to look like. And those two guys and me kind of just bounce things back back and forth and and uh, finally put it all together. And, and we've tweaked it. And, you know, probably the last six months, we've it's been we haven't had to make any adjustments to it. It seems to be doing what we want it to do. Wow. And what effect have you seen that's had on your team or on the company as a whole? Yeah. So I think accountability. So on the install side, um, so we have Teletech does a, another thing. Uh, so we have reactive callbacks and we have proactive callbacks. Proactive callbacks is is anytime a manager is reviewing an invoice and it just doesn't make sense. So we told Miss Jones that, you know, we clean the leaves out of our unit or we cut our rose bush back and that should keep the high pressure switch from tripping. But we all know that's not the solution. So when they, when they read the invoice, if they create, they create a proactive, you know, uh, callback. Uh, so we have tools in place that from accountability standpoint. So what happened on there was callbacks were dropped like 85%. Our callbacks were on both the 
residential service and install. The second thing was, is we quit sending our most senior technicians, which also a lot of times, some of your better technical technicians could also be better at your better conversion technicians. Well, a lot of times what we were seeing was, you know, a dispatcher is going to say, who can I get to this call that will solve the problem the first time? I don't have to deal with Miss Jones being upset anymore. So we were sending really sometimes the most qualified conversion tech I had to go fix a technical problem. Um, So we've seen a big uptick in our conversion rates. And that's simply because we don't have to send send the most experienced tech on a callback or high technical problem because we had the resources supporting a entry level technician. And truthfully, uh, they do a better job because they slow way down. They check everything, not just they don't make just assumptions because I've worked on a unit like this three times and this was the fix I had last time. So we're just going to do it like that and move on. And then we end up having another callback. The inexperienced tech with Teletech support, he got, he checks every little bit of thing out. So, you know, we were running into some issues where, hey, they're calling about, you know, a problem outside and we fixed that. But the problem is we never, because we didn't do a full evaluation on a unit, they had a stopped up drain a week later, which there's a good chance we could have a good checkout. We would have solved that problem. And so with our inexperienced technicians supported by Teletech, they follow all the steps exactly like we want them to. So therefore we have less callbacks and the experience tech that's the best conversion tech is on the right call. That's incredible. So obviously you've seen a huge difference from the business standpoint, as well as a customer facing standpoint that they are getting the right service and they're not needing to call back and all of those things. How has it helped you to either attract or retain people in your company? Yeah. So I was saying, you know, from a technician technician standpoint, I think they fully understand that Teletech works for them. So they're not a burden. So I think that's very important that, you know, when I, I can call someone as a technician and say, this is what I need and this is the support I need. And I'm not really asking permission to get that support. I'm telling it because they know that's what he's employed for. So I think that gives a lot of peace of mind to your technicians. Secondly, you know, um, allowing technicians to get out on real calls, right? So they 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 can accelerate their technical ability because we're exposing them to very technical calls where before we shielded them for all that and said, hey, y'all, y'all stay over here and do maintenance. That's what y'all need to do. And it took us longer to really identify who are the true, the guys that are going to be very technical minded. Uh, where now we find that out very early on because we're putting them in, we're throwing them right out there in it. But we had the support team that, allows them to be successful in that. So very quickly, you know, it, I think it, the right tech that's just had that understand has a mechanical ability, uh, he accelerates really quickly in our organization simply because we don't shield him from nothing. So being able to recruit guys though, just them knowing, and especially probably the, the we've focused a lot on the female technicians. And I think them having that confidence because a lot of times they are weaker in that space. They're great communicators, but they're weaker in that, especially when they got a call and maybe your service manager's a man and he's great technical and sucks at communication. So now you got this weird dynamic. Um, so for us, you know, I think they found a lot of confidence in being able to call into Teletech and understand videos work great because they can learn it at their speed. Um, and they're great readers a lot of times. So reading it, you know, uh, instead of, 
being told in, in, in HVAC lingo, they get to learn the right way. So that, that has worked out well. So overall, I think it's, um, it just establishes the way we communicate and where your resources are. So as a technician, you know exactly who's supposed to be doing what to support you. Yeah, it sounds like you've built something that not only helps you to provide a better service, but also really empowers your technical team to be solution focused and to teach themselves or to get the support that they need when they need it. Yeah. That's amazing. So, yeah, so far it's worked out great. A lot of cool reports come out of it for us and, uh, you know, and honestly just ongoing, uh, you know, product when we put a new product in the field, Teletext who kind of follows up and tracks that product to make sure, you know, there's no other issues. So just from an overall, like reducing the amount of touches we got to have with every call, uh, it's made a tremendous difference. Amazing. I know a lot of our listeners are hearing this and saying, you know, wow, this sounds amazing, but where do I even begin? Obviously, this was a big undertaking for your company. So having gone through all of that, what would what advice would you give to any company who's looking to do something like this? Yeah. So, I mean, I think first off, it's like... Um, making sure you have a need that's big enough to justify the expense it takes to really build something like this out. Uh, you know, I, I think there's some hybrid versions to doing it, but, um, you know, what we did here is we, we built it out and then, uh, we, uh, had a, um, organization is Praxis S10, um, that really taught, we started working with them on a lot of things and they came in and, and Terry Nicholson came in and kind of helped us create even better and honestly more in a, in a format that's we can implement it. Um, so, uh, you know, we had it built it and it kind of just happened over time. And we had a lot of people asking, Hey, how do I, how do we implement this? And for me, it was hard to get it into that mindset because we, it just kind of organically grew and we found things we didn't like, and we tweaked them, but yeah, now, I mean, uh, practice S10 kind of has a course out now, uh, that they built off of this program that we built and improved it in a lot of ways and put it in a format that you can simply implement it fairly easy and, um, and make it successful pretty quickly. Amazing. Trey, there is so much in this interview. I know that our listeners are going to want to learn more about you and probably ask you some questions about all of this. So what's the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah, so I think email, uh, and it's Trey at McWilliamsandson.com. But email me and I'll be more than happy if I'm not the right person. I'll connect you with Teletech or whoever is the right person. Perfect. And we'll make sure to include that in the show notes as well. So if you're listening, you can go to beyondthetoolspodcast.com. We'll link everything there. Yeah. This has been awesome, Trey. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us. No, I enjoyed it, Crystal. And anytime I can give back to the, to the community that's honestly given me so much, I, I love doing it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond the Tools. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love if you could also share this episode with a fellow contractor who is ready to get off the tools and grow their business. And if you want more leads, sign up for our email list at reflectivemarketing.com, where we share weekly marketing insights that you can't get anywhere else. 
I'm Crystal Hobbs, and I hope you'll join me on the next episode of Beyond the Tools. See you next time.